Hey everyone, welcome to the Hire My VA Team and Business Building Podcast, where we help you to reclaim your freedom through hiring and thriving with virtual assistants without breaking the bank. And that means without breaking your bank. That's right. I'm Dave Braun, and I'm here with my partner, co-host, friend, mentor, coach, Bud Larry Broughton. <laughs> Larry. David, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Good. I, I am so excited because we've got a special guest for this episode of our podcast. We do. But before we do that, Dave, I love you, man. I am oh, so glad yeah, you're in my life. You. I was thinking about this this morning as I'm doing my gratitude journal about those folks who just make an absolute impact on my life. I'm glad you're my friend. I'm glad you're my business partner. And I'm looking forward to seeing you tonight. How's right that? Right <laughs> back at you, dude. I got my special, do I dare say it? No, what don't say it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if people heard what I'm fixing tonight for dinner, Oh man, I'd want to scream right through the, you know, through this and come over and all that. We'd have a mad rush out of my house. That's right. (laughs) And there's not enough food for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, Well, we got a special guest. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So his name is Naveen Kultshreshtha. And I think I pronounced that right, but he's, he's coming on here in a second. Now, Naveen, you guys are going to enjoy the stuff he talks about. Web designer and filmmaker from Orlando, Florida. That's where yep. he's at. Yep. And he's run his own business for about 15 years. The name of his mm-hmm. company is Devi Studios. Mm-hmm. And he's got a YouTube channel and he publishes a weekly tutorial. And one of the things that's awesome about is him. He's got a couple thousand subscribers. And even though he didn't talk about this on the podcast, um, he's actually monetizing his channel right yeah. now. Yeah. That's, and that's very cool. Yeah, it's hard to do that until you get a thousand subscribers, but yes. Um, but if we you got to start somewhere, right? I oh, loved yeah. this uh, this conversation for a bunch of reasons. He was just dropping some value bombs like out of the gate, you know, oh my gosh, like yeah. things like focus on results, you know, when you're when you're bringing team members uh, on board, particularly VAs, right? Um, the other thing is that I loved, and some of this is just hey TFTR, thanks for the reminder. Yeah. You know, when you start looking at people who have had success in business, you can start connecting the dots. And another thing that he said is. Hire people who are better than you. One of the things mm. that you and I talk about all the time is hire people who are bolder and better than you, bolder and yeah, brighter, brighter than yeah. you are, right? Another thing I thought that was gold, we were talking about uh, integrity. He said, you know, it's easier to find people who are competent than it is to find people with integrity. Yeah. That's yeah, sad, that's, but true. It's right? sad and yeah, and it is really true. It is. Yeah. Um, I'll, listen, there are so many, but the, I, I guess the last one I would, I would leave people with, but there are, there, there are more than this. Um, and I want you people to listen to this and just hear how he's describing these things um, is that when you're hiring a, a VA, don't hire 15 people right out of the gate to, to fill mm-hmm. to take up every piece of responsibility and role and function that you're trying to provide in your business, but start small. Identify one aspect of your business if you've never hired a VA before, start with that, learn the process from there, hone the skills, develop the systems, and then either expand that role or start adding uh, VAs for other roles in your business. I thought that was gold. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's been very successful too, with just using part-time VAs for everything. Yeah. He's not even using full-time yet, which is definitely what we recommend, but he's doing very well. And you can tell by the way he communicates and, you know, how he values his team members, you know, you know why he's successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's just, we're just scratching the surface. So oh, grab yeah. a pen, grab your paper, yeah. take notes uh, on this one. But Dave, why don't we just dive into the interview? All right. All right, everybody. Here is our interview and talk and discussion with Naveen. So Larry, you want to jump in and... Uh, Ask a couple of questions here. <laughs> well, we can get started here. Yeah. Hey, Naveen, when did you start actually using the VAs though? I mean, you're in a space where you could have people in-house or people, you know, outsource somewhere else. How long you yeah. You know, that's actually one of the good things about web design is even yeah. in the early days, like in the beginning, I used to do everything myself. Yeah. Um, and at the time it was just like very small, simple, static websites, sure. HTML, some graphics. So in mm-hmm. the beginning, I handled everything myself. Then, of course, uh, the whole web design field started to evolve, get sure. more complicated, more complex. Once you get into the WordPress space, it's impossible to know um, everything. 
Um, and so I do have, let's say, um, some, so probably within f after five years, I started bringing in other people. One of the main reasons is that I just uh, didn't have the skill set. I couldn't do everything at a high level. Um, and so, of course, I had my focus, which was more of like the front end web design. So HTML, CSS, some graphic design, but a lot of the back end stuff, like the PHP development, the programming, the database <laughs> stuff, those were some of the first people I brought in. Like, serious technical programmers because uh it was just beyond me that's interesting that you're bringing it sounds like you're bringing in people who had skill sets that were beyond yours in some areas is that right yes because what yes. we hear with a lot of folks is that they're afraid to do that now that's not just in the va space but mm. so many leaders are afraid to bring on people who have experienced skill sets beyond them for fear of well Part of it's ego, yeah. I think, but part of it's also um, that they don't know how to manage them. Was there ever a hurdle in your mind that, that you needed to get over to do that? Or did, did if you, what did that allowed you to say, hey, I don't have experience in this space. I'm going to bring somebody on who does. Well, you know, this is like an ongoing thing because mm -hmm. ideally, you know, in my mind, you know, to properly manage somebody, I should know everything that they're doing in their job and be able to look at their work and see everything that they're doing. But of course, I can look at their code all day long and I'm not gonna understand everything that they've written. So sure. I've stopped looking at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, cause I realize I'm not really gonna be able to understand what they're doing. Sure. Um, and so one of the ways around that is of course, just focusing on results. I think that's really important. Great tip. Um, yeah. Through like a testing process. So I am able to test, of course, the website, the functionality, mm -hmm. the logic, the features of it. Mm -hmm. So I have to focus on that. And honestly, that's what the client is focused on too. The, the client is not going to be looking at their code at the end of the day. The client is going to make sure that it performs the business goals and that it is efficient. It doesn't slow down or bog down the website. And mm -hmm. so I've kind of, I've had to let go of certain things. Um, but then what I sometimes do is I'll bring in another expert, like another programmer to look at each other's code. And that mm -hmm. kind of keeps things in check. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not an expert, but if I get one expert to do it, then another expert to review it, at least on occasion, that mm -hmm. helps keeps, uh, keeps things on track. You know, what? what's helped me a lot is if I do like a all I would have to do is a design review, you know, and like spend a half an hour or whatever and say, Hey, just walk me through your code, whether or not I understand it, the process of doing that, if they can explain it and go through it pretty decently, then it's like, okay, that gives me some pretty good confidence that they're, that they're doing, you know, a good job. Right. Yeah. So that, that can helps. also be helpful or even just uh, meeting in, in terms of like, what is your approach? How are you going to tackle this solution or find, you know, tackle this problem? Um, and then go through the process on a high level without digging too deep. And then of course, on the back end, looking at the results and verifying yeah. that it's working. Yeah, awesome. awesome. You know, um, we've got some clients both in our Hire My VA program in our in our Victory Mentoring and Coaching program um, who get to a point where there's absolutely frustrated, they're pulling their hair out. And even at that point, they're afraid to bring people on on board. Then we've got other people who very quickly realize, hey, I need to bring somebody on board. And it seems like it's a rather smooth transition. Where do you, <laughs> where did you fall on the continuum prior to that, hiring that first VA? Uh, were you that person who was just like absolutely overwhelmed? You had people breathing down your throat, you were missing deadlines, or was it a rather systematic approach and just, hey, I'm going to hire a VA and we're going to see how this thing goes? You know, it's, a, it's definitely a process. And I was like, yeah. uh, you know, right from the start, I realized the power of being able to hire people who are better than I am. Yeah. You know, hiring a graphic designer who's a better designer than I am. And then hiring a developer who's a better developer than yeah. I am. So I always kind of subscribed to that philosophy. Yeah. With me, it was more of a logistical thing. Uh, I really, you know, even though I have a remote office and mainly a remote team, I do like working... Um, hands-on with people, being able to interact and collaborate in real time as opposed to being in different time zones. So my biggest issue is just uh, being able to stay connected with the people in a way where I can actually track mm -hmm. and feel like I'm making, 
I'm making progress. Um, so right from the start, I was, uh, I was hiring people, but now I'm actually getting to the point where I do have, you know, deadlines and a task list that I can never get through. Yeah. Um, and I kind of have to reach another level with my, with my hiring, you know? How many VAs are you working with now? Uh, I have about, uh, let me see. I have about five right now. Okay. Yeah, five. And what's that process look like? Just managing five VAs who are all remote. Um, well, what I like to do is I like to have a weekly check-in with okay. each one of them. Uh, I find that that helps a lot. One-on-one. -on -one. Um, otherwise, it can be kind of a one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and so that can help a lot. Some of them, actually three of them are based in the U.S., so that makes things a lot easier. Um, and then two of the people are actually in India right now. Mm -hmm. um, and so that makes it a little bit more challenging because typically we can only meet for an hour or two first thing in the morning. But I still meet with them regularly. Um, as far as communication goes, uh, we typically use Skype or Zoom. And right. then in order to track, um, I've been using Trello. Um, yeah. And then I've recently upgraded from Trello to another tool called ClickUp that helps us manage tasks and projects and right. keep them moving along. And then when I need to send feedback to people and we can't interact in real time, I, I find that short little Loom videos can be really, really helpful. That's so I'll right. just record. I used to like try to write things down and take screenshots and yeah. I still yeah. do that, yeah. you know? So I still do screenshots and looms, um, but um, writing took too long. I could yeah. just do like a little two minute video, two and a half minute video, send it off to them and they understand it a lot better than like written documentation. Um, yeah. So uh, it's, definitely, yeah. it's definitely working. You know, it's, I, I don't think the process is as efficient if all five of us were mm -hmm. in the same space at the same time, I think it would be more productive and efficient um, but with all of the virtual tools, it, it definitely, it works, you know? Yeah. Well, there's certainly trade-offs for sure. One of the things I love about doing Loom videos is that all of a sudden, now it's memorialized, right? And that Loom video can be used for whoever the specific VA or team member was that you had created it for, but for the next one or for an additional one who's on board. Yeah. Yeah. It can be used as then like company, uh, company documentation. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. then in between like the fixed meetings, we meet as needed, you know, and so it is possible for me to meet if we're in the middle of a project or a deadline, sure. it is possible for us to meet every single day. And sometimes we do that. We'll yeah. meet for like 30 minutes, an hour, every single day. And then I find that we can make pretty rapid progress on a, on a specific project. Okay. So I like at least having that option of being yeah. able to meet in real time at least once a day, if necessary, but typically yeah. it's, once or twice a week. Hey, how did you happen to find or attract these VAs? You said you've got some in the US, some are in India. What was that hiring process uh, like for you? I've used uh, several websites over the years. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, back in uh, several years ago, there was a website called Elance. Yeah. You may have heard of that one mm -hmm. before. And then I think several companies merged and created a, a company now called Upwork. Yep. Um, and so I have essentially posted on Upwork and I like to um, you know, create like kind of a detailed job description. Of course, mm -hmm. you can always look at people's reviews and mm -hmm. that always helps reviews and portfolios. Sure. Then an interview process where I actually sit face to face with somebody. Then typically give them, giving them a small project to Great. build trust and just to see how, because the, there are people who sometimes do really good interviews, but you know, maybe they're not the best workers and of course, vice versa too. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and so of course it's an imperfect process. <clears throat> um, yeah. And so like a small project to build trust and then a slightly larger project and then a larger project and then hopefully a long-term productive relationship. Yeah, we love that approach. We, we recommend that highly as well. Start with a small project first, get to yeah. know each other. Because also, you know, they may interview well, they may have absolutely the skills that you're looking for, but you guys may not like each other. There's <laughs> a communication <laughs> style or whatever it is that just, yeah, the just doesn't work. Right, yeah. the chemistry, right. That's a good way yeah. to put it. Yeah. And honestly, one thing that I do is I don't even spend much time in the interview. I can usually tell within 15 minutes 
if there's like a connection, if I like the way they communicate, they talk, they present themselves, they can put a sentence together. Um, and then I like to skip just into the small project. I'm like, hey, listen, uh -huh. I think this could work out. I'm gonna give you a small project mm -hmm. and we'll meet again at the end of the week. And I find that that small project and then in communicating with them in that small project, it's far more valuable than the interview where, you know, we're just talking. Yeah. 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 That's, that's good. Now you've got, don't you have a combination of people that are working for you full-time as well as like contractors? No, right now well, I just all... have part-time people, but I am just thinking about bringing, I'm thinking I'm getting to the point now, like maybe this year where I'd be able to bring on like a, a full-time uh, VA. Okay. And, and how have you found um, working with folks part-time versus potentially full-time or just as a contractor? How would you contrast the pluses and minuses of, of those three areas? Um, well, when you have part-time people, I think it can be a little bit scattered because you're not really, you don't really know what else they have going on. Um, and so they could get like a big project all of a sudden and be unavailable for five days, a week, Big project from somebody else. From somebody, from somebody else. else, yeah. Right, from yeah. somebody else. So I'm not really, uh, not in, uh, I'm not aware of their schedule. And so it's kind of a hit and miss approach. Yeah. It's like, hey, I just got this big project. Do you have time? And then she'll be like, no, I don't have time for two weeks. I was like, okay, well, now what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like subcontractors when you're building a house, right? And it's a hot right. construction market. Right. Yeah, exactly. Dave, you know about that when you're doing your renovation. <laughs> oh, sure. oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, I live amazing. in Florida. So after a hurricane, you can't get a roofer to come up to your house. There you go. Right. You know, you're oh. lucky if you can find a tarp at yeah. Home Depot right. until you can get an actual contractor. So right. it's kind of the, it's the same idea. Yeah. Um, so I find it to be a little bit um, scattershot. So what I like to do is at least um, have a consistent relationship with my part-time people right. and let them know I'll be able to give you somewhere between five and 10 hours every week. And then I try to stick to that. Okay, so you so kind of guarantee some hours for yeah. them, so to speak. Yeah. yeah, so that way it's consistent every week. Um, and so that way I don't disappear for a month or two months or three months and then just show up and expect them to you know, do yeah. a bunch of work immediately. We kind of have this established rhythm, you could say. Do you, do you find any of those folks that are part-time, do they kind of prefer staying part-time or do they, are they like just working a couple of part-time gigs because that's what they do, but they'd really like that full-time? You know, the people that I work with, they prefer the part-time because they do have other clients. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so they themselves um, like to have the freedom of being able to choose uh, and have other projects going on. But um, it is possible that if I ever offered them like a stable full-time position that they would be open to that, you know? Yeah. They would probably be open to that if, uh, if I was able to give them a good enough offer. Mm -hmm. Would you, would you um, kind of test the waters in that for some of your part-time folks? Cause you're thinking about going full-time, right? With, uh, you know, some of uh, it's possible. Yeah, I might. Uh, you know, if I uh, decided to go full time with somebody, they would have to fulfill like the roles of two or three people right now, you know, I see. Um, yeah. And so that can get a little bit tricky, you know, um, because I also do like video production and digital marketing. So one of my contractors is a video editor, and I specifically have them doing video editing, while another one is like a content writer for blogs mm -hmm. and social media. Um, while another person is like more of a technical WordPress web development person. But if I could find one person who could do all of those well, then of course it'd be good for both of us, you know? Yeah. 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 That's true. Um, so you're, you're kind of looking at hiring for not as much um, time, so to speak. You're looking at hiring for roles in your business, right? Yeah. So you have the different roles and you're like, well, I need five hours here or 10 hours here or whatever. Yeah. Right. And then right. as your business grows, then you'll elevate some of those folks to more of a, a full-time. Sure. And then what I'm thinking right now is that if I could combine the, uh, the web content with the web development type position, that would be kind of a natural fit. So that okay. way they could just take all of the website stuff, you know, and mm -hmm. that could probably be the first full-time role that I offer um, at, at okay. my company. Yeah. Naveen, do you have team members 
we call them team members, employees um, okay. who are actually um, in person with you besides your VAs or is your entire workforce virtual? Uh, right now it's all virtual, but okay. a few years ago, I actually moved to Orlando about five years ago. Before uh -huh. that, I lived in Seattle. So yeah. in Seattle, I had in-person, like part-time team members yeah. who would come into the office and we'd, we would work and we had a fixed schedule. Yeah. And they were still part-time, but it was like uh, like three days a week, yeah. you know, okay. yeah. in the office, in person. What we have found over the years um, with the, the VAs that we hire and the, some of our clients is that we encourage folks to try as much as possible to treat their virtual assistants, their VAs, as if they're actually real life team members, right? <laughs> that you share the same core values, right? Yeah. Um, that, you that they know your vision and mission. Have you found that to be important? Have you even tried it? Or have you said, hey, they're a BA, they're a BA. I mean, that works for some people uh, as well. Um, I think it's actually a very good way to do things okay. is to just see them as an extended part of your team, yeah. your vision, their essential members. Um, I haven't gotten so far as, you know, the values and the mission and stuff like that, but I think it, it could help a lot yeah. in the alignment of sure. things. I think um, in terms of the tools that we use and the type of work that we do and our standards of quality, yeah. there's definitely a, a kind of a consistency across Great. the entire company. But I do like the process of creating like a brand vision and values. And I'm actually going through the process of that. I like that. I also like that your idea is that, hey, you're expecting the same standards from somebody in India or a virtual person in Wyoming, wherever your VAs are, <laughs> as if it's somebody who's actually in your office. I think that's a, it's a classic mistake that some employers have is that they have a lower expectation for someone who's working virtually. Uh, at least it's done. Kind of thing. And I would just encourage folks, you know, you got to maintain standards because anything, there used to be a, a, um, um, a commercial, a car commercial, as I remember correctly, where they said quality is job one. What was that Ford? No, it was you know, show yeah. people walking yeah. through and they, they'd sign the tire or they'd sign the, the fender that they specifically worked on. Like <laughs> I'm proud of this fender that I worked, worked on. Right. I think that's kind of the approach that we need to, need to take with any piece of work that we do, you know, whether somebody's creating a PDF or they're, they're writing a, some code. Or yeah. That, right? I agree. I think like taking pride in your work um, is like a really important value and yeah. it's great when it's kind of shared across an entire organization. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, VAs can certainly, they're a lot of help for people, but if you don't manage them appropriately, they can undermine your success as yeah. well. I, I, we got to remember to remind folks. Yeah, they can be a drain for sure. It, right? It's true because, I mean, if you have to micromanage somebody and give them too detailed instructions or um, go back and look at their work three or four times, you might as well just do it yourself or find somebody that you can just trust and hand things off to. So there's lots of challenges too. And I've been through many people before I kind of arrived at some of the long-term people that I'm working on. I've been through many, many people that didn't work out such, and created headaches. Such a great point. You used one of the key words that we like to kind of glum onto really quickly is that trust issue, right? Um, and it's encouraging to hear that, you know, you didn't hire one person and they've been with you forever because it was sunshine, lollipops and rainbows right out of the gate, right? <laughs> we oftentimes are gonna have some mm -hmm. misfires, hire the wrong people, learn from it. But are there specific things you do besides the initial doing small projects and a little bit larger project to build trust with your, your VAs? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I do like to observe people. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's hard to um, manage people when they're remote, you don't know exactly what they're doing and yeah. uh, how much time they're spending on tasks and, you know, things like that. And so something I always look out for um, would be uh, integrity and consistency. That's really important, not just competence. You know, it's yeah. actually easier to find people with competence than it is to find people with integrity. Oh, that's, a, that's mm. such a great reminder. Great point. Yeah, that, yeah. Is a, that, is, that is really important. Um, and so competence is just, uh, you know, a baseline. But I mean, it does take time to figure out, is this somebody, you know, who has integrity, who takes pride in their work. Yeah. Um, and it only, uh, it can only be determined over time by observing them, 
watching to see if their words and actions are consistent, if they deliver on the promises, even if it's yeah. like a small promise, like I'll, I'll email that to you by the end of today, you know? But if I get it two days later, or if I have to remind them the following day, that's yeah. like a little issue, you know, little, yeah. but little issues are often a sign of larger issues to come. <laughs> right. One of the yeah. things I have to remind folks, like I have a hotel company as well, Naveen, I have to remind supervisors and managers in my organization, I think it's from Proverbs, is like, it's hard for me to trust you with big things if I can't trust you with the small things. So if you're <laughs> going to miss this deadline, that's just with me, how do I know that you're not missing deadlines with, with clients? Which brings up the question that we get pretty regularly, a few times a month. Do you allow, do you, um, or just not even allow, do your VAs communicate directly with your clients or are you the buffer between them? Is everything funneled through you? Uh, no, a couple of them do. So my uh, web yeah. content person, uh -huh. and I specifically hire them knowing that they will interact with directly with clients. Mm -hmm. uh, most of my uh, team members do not. Um, but when I specifically hire a person, then uh, it's a different process of what I'm looking for. Yeah. You know, they have to have a very good telephone manner. Sure. They have to have a very good Zoom manner or video conference. Their emails have to be very courteous and professional and to Great. the point. And they just have to reflect kind of the, the brand of, of my company. And communication is very important, you know, yeah. for client satisfaction. Doesn't matter, again, doesn't matter how competent you are if you're not able to communicate properly. Um, and so there are a couple of positions that uh, are client facing. And so then not only do I look for the competence and the integrity, but they have to have just very good, polished, professional communication skills. Mm. And so, then I feel more comfortable with them emailing clients directly for content, images, calling them up and, you know, staying in touch with clients and just getting things done. Yeah, I think during the whole hiring process, this is one of the times where we can kind of figure some of this stuff out, right? Um, I remember uh, several years ago hiring looking for, for a VA and we were doing, it might've been Skype. I don't even know that Zoom was around at that point, but there were two different uh, experiences when we were going through the hiring process. One is the person looked like a slob, just the way they <laughs> sat, they leaned back and they are just, you know, it's like, they didn't even care. You know, like when you go to an interview, typically face to face, you know, your hair is done. You're wearing something that's nice. You know, yeah. you're, prepared right this yeah. person like literally looked like they had just gotten up and like they could care care less great resume and the other one was um the background was a mess dirty laundry in the back animals <laughs> running around <laughs> I mean, and i and i had to think well gosh because they, they, these people were going to be client facing and i had to mm. think all right if this is the best they got now <laughs> right how right are they going to represent me and my company well moving forward? And so we, I, I want to encourage viewers and listeners to this, um, that we're not just hiring for competence. We're not just hiring for integrity. You're also hiring for like, these people are going to be a representation of who mm -hmm. you are. All of this stuff comes into the picture during the hiring process. Definitely. And it's hard to find people that you can just trust implicitly and who can act and that you don't even have to, you know, of course you have to have minimal supervision, but you just yeah. trust that everything is going smoothly with that. I'm glad that you said that because I know, I do not can think of Dave, one client in particular who's mm -hmm. frustrated that they're not, they've, they've tried to hire a couple of people and they're not perfect. So number one, there, there are no perfect mm -hmm. VAs out there, but number right. two, it's hard to find them. So when you do find them, you need to do what you can to hang on to them which means you might have to pay a little bit more. You treat them a little better um, because I, I'm glad to hear that, that, um, well, like I, I wish it were easier, right? I wish that everybody we hired were, but it is, it is rare to find someone who's kind of a close to a complete package, right? It is. Yeah. And then, like you said, that once you do find that person and if they click and if they connect, then you do whatever you can to retain them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the things that I love about our course and community is, you know, especially our courses, we've got, you know, a lot of ways to shortcut to get through, I don't know how to say, you know, the riffraff to kind of make sure that the people that, you know, you talk to before you even talk to them, you've got a really good idea of their written skills, how they're going to present themselves in video, all of that kind of stuff, right? Assuming that's what you want. 
Um, so absolutely, but, but you know, nothing ever is, you know, is perfect. And it, it, you don't know them really until you start working with them. You it's can true, shortcut a lot of it, but you can't do all of it. Right. No. And you know, anyone who's client facing a lot of those soft skills become important, you sure. know, yeah. spelling, grammar, punctuation in their emails, you know, their emails professional, you know, all the little mm -hmm. things that we didn't think were important, but actually they are. You know? Yeah. You know, and, and I think, and I think there's a, a balance also of how much you can teach versus how much is, you know, innate internal with them. Right. Like I know Larry talks a lot about, and we have this in our course about, you know, motivation, integrity, and capacity, right. Motivation to want to improve. Right. And, you know, the capacity to improve and some folks will be able to make the adjustments and right. some won't. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and so it's important, I think, as we are bringing people on our team um, to know the difference. Yeah. yeah. And absolutely. I think, and you've been doing this for a long time and you probably have a pretty good idea. You can get a pretty good idea pretty quick. Right. If these are the right folks for you. I pretty much can. You know, I normally schedule the interview, the initial interview for like 30 minutes, but usually within 15 minutes, mm -hmm. you know, I'm ready to either go on to the small task or get off the call. So let me ask you that question. I mean, I've had that before too. It's like, and sometimes it's not even, it, it's, it's like five minutes. It's like, Hey, you know, introduce myself, talk to you, ask the first question is their, their answer is basically yes or no. And I'm like, uh, no. How you know, you're asking open-ended questions. Yeah. yeah. When you ask open-ended questions and they, they can't, they just say yes or no kind of thing still. I mean, what, how do you, I don't have a good answer to this. How do you get off of a half an hour call without feeling like you don't want them to think that you're rude? How do you exit sooner rather than later? You know, the good thing is that even if it does go to like 20 minutes or 25 minutes, that's, that's okay. But typically at the end, you know, I'll ask like some, some short questions. Uh, um, and then I'll basically say, okay, thank you. Thank you for your time. Um, and I will let you know. And so it's just kind of a very, you know, I'll, I'll try not to be too abrupt, but just like a nice, soft, professional ending and then get off the call. Yeah. You Dave, can I, can I answer that question? Yeah, go for it, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I've had this happen before. Yeah. I bring it up with them. It's okay. like a getting to know you process. So yeah. if you ask two or three of these uh, open-ended questions to give you a yes or no, then I would just say, hey, you know, I'm trying to ask you some open-ended questions. And really, I'm just getting a yes or no. Are you, do you find interviews difficult to do? Tell me about that. Go on the journey. I think a mistake that a That's lot of a folks get idea. when they're interviewing people is that they have these set interview questions <laughs> that they have to hit. And when they aren't checking the box, they don't know what to do. We're just trying to get to know somebody, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. questions that we have is like, pre-programmed okay i think this is the the path it's going to go but i have no problem with calling people out one of the questions i asked years ago i used to have a when i'm hiring general managers and above in our organization i have this process where i go it's like hey we're hiring hiring you to be the our vice president of operations you've worked with rock star vice presidents of operations in the past and you've worked with some real bad ones probably give me what you think are the top 10 qualities characteristics or skill sets for a rock star director of operations. What do you think the top 10 are? And we write them down. And then I had them rank themselves on a one to 10 from it. Right. <laughs> and I had, and I always give the caveat, a 10 is you are without, you have zero peers. You're the absolute best in the industry. Right. That's a 10. A number one is, I didn't even know what that word means. So I'm kind of guiding them a little bit, right? So if uh -huh. they give themselves a 10, they better be a 10. Well, this guy gave himself a 10 on everything. <laughs> and I pushed him on it. I kept saying, really, if I walked out there right now, I couldn't find one person who's better than you on this. And that whole conversation, just how he took feedback and how he took a little bit of pushing um, really opened up my eyes to this, this person, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. interviews are not just meant to be these rote questions. Yeah. really to get information from them. How do they respond to, to critiques or criticism? Mm -hmm. right? yeah. Better to find out in the interview process than the first time when they're dealing with a client. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good point. And you know, sometimes people are nervous, you know, yeah. when they come into the situation, they're yeah. nervous, they're intimidated. 
And so we should, you know, at least give them, give them a chance, ask, at least ask them three times, you know, the information that you're trying to get. Great point. Ask them yeah. three times. Yeah. And try to get them to relax. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the things we have in our interview guidelines. It's like, first thing is like, all right, everybody take a deep breath and this is going to be fun yeah. or, you know, or we're going to try to have some fun. Like you said, Larry, just right. a conversation yeah. Just put yeah. both of you at ease because it's, right. Especially, you know, because a, a lot of our clients that we use, it's going to be their first time in hiring a virtual assistant, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So when they get on an interview, and I remember this myself, getting on an interview the first time is like, I'm as nervous as they are. Because <laughs> it's like, what do I, what do I, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so a lot of times the first five minutes, I don't ask any tough questions, just yeah. Like yeah. Smart. simple, you know, try to keep it lighthearted. And sure. interviewing is also a skill. You know, absolutely you're trying to assess somebody like how they actually are in yeah. a short period of time. And that does require both of you to be kind of relaxed yeah. and comfortable. Yeah. 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 Do you have a tidbit of advice for someone who has never had a VA before, but they are considering it? Or um, I would say start small. Nuggets? You start know, it small. can be, yeah, start, start small. So maybe um, take one aspect of your business that is causing you headaches that you would most like to outsource. Maybe it's something like bookkeeping, you know? If, you know, a small business person is kind of trying to keep up with their own books and they're kind of getting lost in the tedium of the reconciliation and this and that, maybe take one aspect of your business and then find a person, maybe a part-time person who can do that and then work on your systems and your processes to assign and track and verify the work And then once you're comfortable with that, you could either increase that person's workload or find another aspect of your business that you Mm. think you can uh, possibly outsource. Yeah. So I I would recommend that for anyone trying out a new venture is just starting small and then refining and practicing, working on your skills and then growing from there. Yeah, I like that. Start small, start with one aspect of your business. Yeah, because if, you if you've never managed re- remotely before and all of a sudden you come in and you hire 15 people who are going to take over every piece of your business. Yeah. Yeah. Have <laughs> yeah, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And a lot of this is having the proper systems in place and you'll, it'll take some tweaking and refining and experimentation. Uh, before you're fully happy with uh, with the full process. What's yeah. the longest VA tenured, longest tenured VA that you've got right now? Um, let's see. I've been working with one person for probably at least eight years now. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. And what do you do to what we call thrive? What do you do to, you get somebody on board? Do you have specific systems, tasks, Anything um, that help people once they're in the organization to grow with you or to ensure the longevity would be great, boy, if we'd have people that were around us for eight or 10 years. Um, Well, I think part of it is um, just respecting them as professionals, not like really treating them as, Mm. let's say, employees or underlings, but more like partners, you know, so they're partners. I want them to succeed. Um, And of course, my success is tied into their success. Mm. Um, And so part of that is compensation, you Mm -hmm. know, making sure that they're fairly compensated for their work. And that if, um, you know, project goes over time, I pay them, I pay them more. Or if, you know, our estimates were off and that, you know, it took double the work or triple the work, I make sure that they're fairly compensated for their work, you know? Um, And then another part of it is, Um, giving them the necessary resources, whether it's training, you know, sometimes I'll sit down with somebody and train them. And so there are like a lot of things that you can do aside from compensation to make people really enjoy working with you Mm -hmm. and wanting to continue working with you. So I think, you know, seeing them as partners, as opposed to, you know, let's say contractors or workers, just seeing them as business partners. Yeah. Kind of shifts the mentality. Yeah. Over the years, I've realized that I don't think people put enough emphasis on our desires to become better at what we do. And so given that, then I don't, there aren't enough business owners 
who value training their team members enough. Everyone wants to go home at night and feel like I'm a better professional today than I was yesterday. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Naveen, for training <laughs> me on this so that I, that I can become better. That's just yeah. not valued enough, I don't think. Uh, I agree. You know, so professional development and giving mm -hmm. them a space where they can actually grow and yeah. develop as professionals. Um, flexibility. And, you know, when you have part-time, you know, VAs, it's kind of given that there is a certain amount of flexibility. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they appreciate the flexibility of not being bound to things. And so if they have, like one of my VAs right now um, is moving, you know, she's moving from one state to another and she's pulling her hair out and very stressed out. Yeah. So I said, don't worry about it. You know, there's nothing urgent. I can take care of the stuff that's going on here. So I know that she'll need a week or two to get settled. Yeah. Um, and I said, don't worry about it. Just get back in touch once you're mm -hmm. settled. And so she appreciates little things like that. Yeah. I respect their time. Things. She said she had a previous boss that used to text her constantly after hours on weekends oh. and then demand work um, in an unreasonable manner. Yeah. Um, so, you know, demanding work to be done immediately when it's not really that urgent, demanding yeah. after hours work, weekend work when it's not actually required. Um, and so I don't do that. You know, I like people to take their weekends off, you know, go spend time with your family. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so respecting their time and their boundaries, you know? Yeah. This kind of goes back to the interview process. That's one, that's one of the questions I like to ask uh, candidates as well as tell me about a boss or a supervisor or someone you've worked for in the past where there was problems, where it just didn't work out, where you wished it could have gone better. Tell me, Don, I don't need to know the person's name. I don't need to know what role it was in, yeah. but tell me about that experience. Tell me about someone you've worked with that's been great and you'd love it. What happened there? Because then we're getting the nuggets of information that we need, right? Because if I am that person who I, I micromanage and um, you know I'm calling it at all hours and I'm just not gonna change, then I know this is not the person for me. I hope that's a good question to ask people. You yeah. know, they're good experiences, they're bad experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And encouraged honesty, by the way. Yeah. 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 Um, and so that has been kind of, uh, that's worked very well. And then also just uh, respecting their skills and their talents um, and, you yeah. know, kind of appreciating what they bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, you know, just the verbal acknowledgement, mm -hmm. hey, we couldn't do as an organization what we do without you. Thank you mm -hmm. for the talent that you're bringing. Dave is really good with that, with, with, with his team. Um, so that's, I totally agree. People need the words of encouragement, right? They um, do. Cheerleading oh, yeah. helps is what I say. Cheerleading <laughs> <Yeah>. helps. <laughs> People like uh, having an impact, you know, it's yeah, about more than right. organization. It's about development and also having an impact on the, the company, but then also on clients. You know, people right. like it when, that, when their work makes a difference in other people's lives. It's actually yeah. fulfilling. Yeah, so, yeah, so when, good. When we do surveys and get client feedback, um, both the goods and the bads, and, you know, we always celebrate and we always, um, you know, use that as a team to not to improve, but also because we do a good job, we always, um, look at that. And, and it really is encouraging because, uh, you know, my team, they, they know exactly how much of an impact that they do make on the clients. Yeah. And, they do yeah, know and, I, and I know Dave, that you're uh, overall a very positive and uplifting person. Um, and so that also helps when people are working in an environment that's positive yeah. and uplifting. Um, it makes a world of difference sure. than when you're in a toxic negative environment every day. It doesn't yeah. matter how much money you're making. You know, if you're in yeah. a toxic environment, it brings you down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Naveen, do you have any um, questions or any other thoughts for us? Because we should probably bring this to a close, but it's been awesome. Do you have any other thoughts or anything for us? And then ask us the last question or two, and then we'll let you give yourself a plug. I do. So I know that, you know, one of the things that you guys specialize in is finding, you know, VAs from the Philippines, mm -hmm. um, you know, part-time or full-time. Yeah. And so um, let's say you wanted to have like a daily meeting with someone in the Philippines and then your work schedule doesn't really correlate with their work schedule. Cause I know Dave, that I think you might even have like daily meetings with some of your VAs. So mm -hmm. how does that work in terms of uh, the time zone? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, the way we normally do that is we establish from the get-go. Um, so when we hire somebody, we say, hey, I need a minimum overlap time a day, if that's what you want, if that's the way you want, right? So we establish it from the get-go. You got to work from like right now, this is uh, daylight savings time. So like I usually say 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., that's one option. And so 2 p.m., our time is 5 a.m., their time. The other option would be 8 a.m. our time to 11 a.m. our time, which is, I don't know, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m., right? So um, it, it ends up being what their option is, um, what they would want to do. So you I establish see. that up front and saying, hey, I need an, a minimum overlap. Now, you could, yeah, you could, Naveen, say, I just need an overlap for two days a week. You know, it just, it, it kind of depends. Mm-hmm. So we have actually recently switched. Um, we're doing our overlap from uh, two to five um, every day. And um, we were doing daily meetings. We aren't at this point. Um, I think we're probably going to go, we, we may do that again. Um, certain things that you do like that, they can kind of wear off in their effectiveness. They can become um, a little bit of a burden. It's like, oh my gosh, we're meeting today again and again. Uh, I think, you know, Larry, you can, you can chime in on this, but I think from my experience, a lot of times it's good to have a daily meeting if you've got some really important project to do, unless, you know, you're all just working the same time anyway, and then you all get together and, and communicate during that time. And so right now you're not doing the daily meetings. You, your time would be 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., which would be 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. in Their the Philippines, time. but not every day. Yeah, and, and I could reinstitute that, but it was getting to be um, to where I, I maybe it was probably my problem in running it because I let them go on too long and we would start, you know, delving into problems and solving them as opposed to saying, do your go do your stuff and then <laughs> come back on and, and solve them, you know, or, or talk to me later if you need some some help. Okay. Right. And so I guess on their end, they just have to accept that they'll be getting up early, you know, on, on those days. Well, some people yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Some people, some people like might. To, you know, they may have another gig, right? Or they may have family obligations. Um, so I think during the interview process, or even when you're doing the job posting, you yeah. say, this is what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've got a VA who likes to work at night. Right. Right. <laughs> work the overnight shift. Yeah. Or they like to work at night or, you know, at least you tell them that, you know, I need this amount of overlap, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and it, it, it does help. And even though you don't meet every day, if you have that overlapping, you know, that's there, you know that, okay, now I can go in my project management, I can go text them, sure. not text them, but Slack them or whatever. And we can get on a quick call and, and resolve some stuff. Okay. The, the other thing too, it's, man, it's such a balance, Naveen. There's, you know, there's times when like right now we've shifted a little bit and Daph, um, uh-huh. you know, she used to work at night, but now she's starting at 2 p.m. Uh-huh. Brian is now starting at about 11 a.m. my time. And what I'm finding kind of refreshing on that is I've got that morning time where they're not bugging me for anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to keep my mornings free. You know what I mean? I kind of like do my own deep work. Yeah, because, well, I think because we, yeah, go ahead, Larry. We, we, well, we're building these businesses to create freedom for ourselves. Yeah. Right. And so I think we need to set the VAs up how we hire them, how we communicate with them, on what's going to work best for us. Because as business owners, some of us are better morning people or evening people or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But you got to do a little bit of analysis on yourself, stare at your navel a little bit and say, okay, what's going to work best for me? And then go out and hire people. The great thing is there are, a billion people out there yeah. who are potential candidates yeah. when you start looking around the world right? right to, to fill yeah. those positions. And, right. and it's hard to really know yourself what you like until you go into the process and That's start right. working with a VA or two. And even then you find that oh, I, I need to do, I need to switch things up a little bit, yeah. you know, for yourself. So, I mean, it's, it is, it's a, it's a constant adjustment, at least for those of us who are, who like to feel like we are productive you know, constantly and, and playing at the top of our game all the time. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it is, there's this constant adjustment. Yep. Okay. Did that well, answer your question at all? It does. I think, um, first of all, you need to have self-knowledge, understand yeah. what works for you. 
um, be upfront about it and then find somebody who matches that criteria. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it gets tricky if later on you need to change things up, then hopefully it works for them as well. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and the other thing you have to be aware of is that, you know, if, if, if they have to get up at 5 a.m. and they are not morning people, it can, (laughs) you won't be getting the best of them when they are overlapping with right. so your right. so your daily meetings or whatever would end up being um it just might be like a review you're not going to solve any tough problems or anything sure the time. yeah right and then maybe it's not a daily maybe you're like well we need to meet at least once a week at this sure. time or maybe we need to meet two or three times a week you know yeah that's maybe a little they, bit more tolerable yeah you could do like a monday and thursday or something like that and try yeah. it out yeah. see what works right. best for you like larry said see what works best for you naveen yeah, well, thanks. That's actually very helpful. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you coming on here yeah, and sharing of your experience yeah, it was a, with great us. Great discussion. Yeah, hey, is there a way, are uh-huh. someplace people can follow you online, um, website? If people would like your services, how can people follow? Yeah, you? my website is uh, devistudios.com. So it's D-E-V-I and then studios.com. So I do like uh, web design, video production, digital marketing, right. um, and I have uh, clients actually all over the country. Great, great. Well, we'll put that in the show notes for sure. Any social media you want to plug? If not, then no big deal. Uh, On YouTube, I am known as the web guru. So that's where, yeah, the web guru. So that's where I post my tutorial videos. So I'm almost up to 2,000 subscribers right now. Nice. Congratulations on that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So it's growing slowly, slowly and steadily. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Appreciate your insight. You had some great nuggets in here, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Anytime. Awesome, Naveen. Appreciate you being right. on. All right. Yeah. Take care. Bye. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today. Remember, building a team is the way to reclaim your freedom as Naveen has done and is doing. Right. But we are here to help you guys. You know, this conversation was awesome. I hope you got some tidbits out of it. I know I did. But three things that we'd love for you to do, and we'd really appreciate it. Number one, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so. Number two, give us a rating, preferably five-star. And then number three, go to HireMyVA.com for more information on our amazing course and community. Because remember, even without experience, you'll learn how to prepare for, hire, and thrive with virtual assistants. Larry and I have helped a lot of folks, and we'd love to help you too. So just go to HireMyVA.com for more information. That's right. Hey, do yourself a favor. Do the world a favor. Go do something significant today, my friends. Make sure and get on there and join the community. Um, Share your experiences. And with that, I'll just say this. God bless you. God keep you. God hold you. Now go do something significant today. Go get them. All right. Bye, everybody. See ya.